Shalom, shalom, everybody. You're listening to Exercising Your Faith podcast, and we are here before you again today or this moment that I'm sharing with you. It's an hour before the next day. So this is Wednesday night, but once you hear this or receive this recording, you will receive it. It will be published and released on a Thursday. So I'm up late at night, burning the oil, nothing new to me, working on trying to get in bed an hour or so before so that I can really try and focus on getting like six to seven hours in of rest a day or at night, whatever you perceive it to be. So in September, as we go into September, I'm calling that sleepy September. That's our challenge for September is to sleep more, to get more rest. So you may actually have to look at your calendar like I do and schedule time, schedule it in of I'm gonna take a nap today or I'm going to bed at 10. If I'm gonna get in the bed at 10 o'clock at night, that means I have to prepare for that starting at like 7 p.m. Like I literally have to go through a regiment of shutting down my brain, shutting down my life, shutting down my computers and all of that stuff. Otherwise, I will be up late. So as we're getting ready to shift into September, I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and record this one late at night just to get, just so I don't wanna rush or anything like that for tomorrow. And then I'm gonna start planning my September, my sleepy September. So I hope that you join that journey with us. We are going to be resting more. We're gonna be aware and we're going to be intentional about sleep. Doesn't that just sound wonderful? Intentional about sleep. Amen. Today's message is going to come from moi. I will be sharing a message this this at this time. And I want to talk about our pain is our purpose or our purpose is our pain. I want to connect pain and purpose, your pain and your purpose. Amen. I'm going to be talking about pain and purpose, and we will be coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. All right. Really through verses 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 7. I want you to read that on your own, but I really want to focus on 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4. Amen. So pain is purpose. Our pain is purpose. Many times we can see that when we are going through something, we oftentimes, I've heard this many, many times, why would God let this, let this happen? If God is real, why would he allow those children to die? Why would he allow a whole village to be taken out? Why would he allow such a heinous thing to take place? Or why, why would God allow my husband to cheat on me and leave me? Why did my wife take everything that I have, everything that I am? All I wanted to do was love her. And she took the kids and the dog. When you talk about pain, we're talking about something that hurts, something that is troubling, something that leaves you feeling depleted, something that can actually physically cause you pain. Maybe it's emotional pain. Maybe it's mental pain. Either way, when you look at the whole thing, you don't like it. You don't want it. You'd rather it hurry up and go away. Sometimes it lasts for a short time. Sometimes it lasts for a long time. Sometimes our pain will leave scars naturally and spiritually. So when we talk about pain, a lot of the times it's something that's associated with negativity, right? So 
I was thinking about Paul. Paul went through so much when he switched over teams. Well, I'll put it like that. When he came over to the to the big G team, to God's team, you know, he still had to endure so much physical pain and emotional pain. I mean, majority of his ministry, he was locked up in prison. And you know, when you're in prison, you you are just given the bare minimum to survive. So you may be cold, you may be hot, you may not have enough food, you may stink, you may not have enough clothes, you may be naked sometimes. Like you're just living day to day. We don't really know all the ins and outs, or I'll say, I don't know all the ins and outs of what his stay was like in prison. But I imagine what it is like today for people in prison. I was recently reading a story about Bonnie and Clyde, right? I read a lot of different stuff. So this one wasn't spiritual in any way. I was just reading this. I was always intrigued. I heard this story about Bonnie and Clyde since I was a little girl and they kind of romanticized it, right? Kind of made it into a Hollywood. I mean, it was a movie, many movies about it. Lots of stories about it. And so I finally said, you know, let me read about this instead of just always hearing what other people are saying. And there was a part in there where Clyde was in prison. He was in prison for like a 14 year term. He didn't serve that whole term, but while he was in prison, he had to do hard labor. He he said that the labor was so tedious and so taxing on his body that he cut off one of his toes so that he could say, hey, you know, I have an injury. I, I can't work. I can't go out there in the field like that anymore. Whatever they had them doing, because he knew for the next 14 years, that's something he couldn't do. I'm just, I, I'm just it's gonna kill me. So he cut off one of his own toes. The pain was so great of the labor that he put, he self-inflicted pain taking off a member of his body to avoid another type of pain, right? He was in prison. Uh, uh, short story short, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that a few days after that, his mom had it arranged where he was released from prison. So he had to limp for the rest of his life. That it pained him to drive because he cut the, off that toe. And I'm sure it wasn't cut off with sterile utensils or a, a straight edge when it was cut. I mean, who knows? I mean, you're dealing with flesh and you're dealing with bone. And you're dealing with a little bitty piece. You'd always say the littlest parts of our bodies is the part that hurts. When it's in pain, it seems to hurt like it's a big part of our body, amen? He cut off a toe. You guys should go look that up, you know, if you're ever interested in the Bonnie and Clyde thing. I know they made a movie and all that stuff. And so I just wanted just to read about it myself. And I was just sitting here thinking like, man, he cut off his toe, right? I'm thinking about Paul. He never really complained, right? Who knows what he went through? He never put pain on his body like he never hurt himself that we know of but I can only imagine what that's like we recently had a mess uh, an email come in in reference to someone that was in prison and and that they were going through and and they were trusting God and they're giving their life to Christ and I, I can imagine even that is a that transition isn't smooth it's not always fun. It's not, you know, being a Christian is not always easy. And so I'm just giving you a whole bunch of ideas about different types of pain, right? And so it's hard to understand why we suffer. Like I mentioned before in the beginning, there's a lot of why questions on why people suffer. If God is so good, God is good, then why do we suffer? And then I think about the cross, 
did he not suffer on the cross? Did he not suffer before we suffered? Amen. He suffered for us. Amen. He suffered so that we can be free in him, that we can, we were bought back by his blood to be able to be restored to him in heaven, in relationship. Amen. So it's hard for us to understand why we suffer, yet God can use our affliction, our suffering in unexpected ways. That's where the purpose comes in. You may be dealing with a situation where your work, you're not, you know, you're not happy about where you work. You're not happy about who you work with. You're not happy about what you're getting paid. You're just trying to hang on for the next promotion. Or maybe you're dealing with, um, uh, I'm trying to think of different, different things that you could be doing. But the thing is that you're like, I just don't like this. God has me here for so long. When is he going to take me out and put me in another place? When is he going to get my husband to be faithful? How long do I have to watch my wife act like this? You know, you may be unequally yoked. Maybe when you got married, you were on one accord, or maybe you were young and didn't really know God. And then one finds out about God and is trying to get the other one to, to give their life to Christ. And, and you may be thinking, how long do I have to sit like this? How long do I have to wait? Well, understand that God will use, especially when he has placed you in that place, he will use that affliction in unexpected ways. And as we turn to him for comfort, that's the key. We have to turn to him for comfort and love in the midst of our trials. We have to still show love. We still have to be patient. We still, when you think about when God was hanging on that cross, it wasn't the nails that kept him up there. It wasn't the fear of the men doing something to him. It wasn't the fear of the demons and the devils and the satanic um, plots and ploys against him that kept him up on that wood, that tree. It was love. So we have to also suffer for Christ. We also have to suffer in Christ while we're waiting for God's perfect plan to come about. It, you know, when we are going through and when we turn to him, it also empowers us to help others. That purpose part. I'm moving away from the pain so much and I'm walking into the purpose. Many, many times while we are going through things, that pain empowers us to help others. Our testimonies, our sensitivity towards, you know, maybe we're going through something similar, or maybe, you know, they're encouraging you, you're in encouraging them. You know, helping others is all about ministry. That's what his ministry is about, getting the word to other people, helping others to see and turn and change. And when we think about that, helping others, there's somebody that God has sent to help us. That helping others includes us. Amen. We're not forgotten. Please. A lot of us think, what about me? I don't think it's fair. Well, I've endured my, I've, I've, I've did my part. I have the t-shirt. I wore, I wore the pants there. You know, a lot of the times what we're going through is definitely helping others and what other people are going through helps us. So it's no wonder that Paul learned to see purpose in his own suffering. Paul is a wonderful example of, of a man that was born of man and woman, went through his life, gave his life to Christ, 
and then continued to suffer for Christ. And he was always helping others, writing to others while in prison, encouraging churches, establishing leadership while in prison, all for the ministry. It gave him the opportunity to receive God's comfort, which he could use then to bless others. So when we read 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, I want to read that to you real quick. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4. Amen. This goes with it so well. It reads, God comforts us in all our troubles. Not some, not half, not most, but in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort he, I'm sorry, with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So when God comforts us, he gives us enough to be able to share with somebody else. The comfort that he gives us, he gives us an abundance. He gives us overflow. He gives us extra so that we can share with somebody else. He always gives us more than enough. Amen. So we're not asked to deny our pain. He's not saying to pretend like it's not there. Our pain and suffering is real. We're not asked to deny our pain and suffering, but we can take heart in knowing that God's ability to use it for good. So whatever you may be going through, you may be suffering inside, like nothing, it can't be seen. You look like everything's okay. Not too many people can tell anything's going on, or maybe nobody can tell, but you may be suffering inside a quiet, silent, deep, dark suffering that only you and God know about. You may be suffering inside, but understand that God is in the business to comfort you. He has died. He's given his perfect blood, his perfect sacrifice. He did not do anything wrong for you. This pain that you're going through maybe at this time or that you went through, or even if you're going to be talking to somebody and sharing this message or part of this message with somebody, that when we go through pain, especially when we go through pain for ministry, it is definitely developing us so that we can operate at a higher level, a deeper level, a more authoritative level. As we elevate and as we grow and we're using this momentum to move forward, the enemy is plotting and has all kinds of things to be planned, to put in our way, to be a distraction. It's very important not to get distracted, but keep your eyes, your heart, your focus, your spirit on God. NMW, no matter what. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to remember and to fall back on those times when you know that God used you to bring comfort to somebody else. And maybe the only way you could bring comfort to them was because you could say, hey, I went through the same thing, the exact same thing. And you could even say, I know exactly how you feel because, and you share with them. It was like this, it was like this. And they're just sitting there amazed like, wait, what? But you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't be able to say that if you had not gone through that. So at that time you were going through it, it was pain. It was suffering. It was anguish. But in the future, at another time when you're able to share that as a testimony, that is valuable. That is a treasure. That person is receiving that as a lifeline. 
Like, oh my goodness, somebody else relates. It's one thing when you're praying and you're believing and you have faith, you know, all that's invisible, right? You feel it, you know it, all knowing and feeling that's invisible, right? But when somebody can sit in front of you and say, girl, I survived. Man, let me tell you what I went through. I didn't think I was going to make it. They may have pictures to show you. They may have physical scars to show you. They may be able to, to, to give you information that will lead you to some place or organization or a business or a link that can help you. But all of it comes from a place of pain that leads to purpose. I want you to think about how your faith has helped you to persevere. Your faith is unseen. But again, like I said, it's valuable. Your faith is what's holding you like glue and pushing you to that next spot. You may not know what's coming next. You may not have a clue, but you just know God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. I've been in those places before. I'm like, God's got it. God's got it. I have no idea what's going to be next. I don't even know what I'm going to say next, but I know that God's got it. Amen. So ask God in your time, in your private time, when you're praying, just ask God to help you to keep trusting in him, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trials and sufferings and affliction. Just keep asking him, asking him to keep you trusting him, that he stays, that he stays your focus. And I want you to know that as you continue to push in him, that God is your unlimited comforter. No matter what, he has the ability to be your perfect peace. And he will give you enough to share with somebody else. And you, you knowing you and the way you love him, that you will definitely share that it's God that's doing this, not you that's doing it. It's God that's doing it. Amen. So there is definitely purpose in your pain. Regardless of what it may look like, we all go through different things. We all have different lives going on, different countries, different different uh, societies and all of that. But pain is pain and purpose is purpose. There is definitely purpose in your pain. There is definitely purpose in your pain. Amen. Again, go back and read 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. My focus was on 2 Corinthians 1 and 4. All right. You all continue to be blessed, continue to push, 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 and take down those giants. I want to just share with you homework. I have homework for us before we meet again. I want you to ask God what you can do for him today or tonight, wherever you are, or even right now. Ask God, what can you do for him? When I think about how he gave everything for us, he died on the cross. We were talking about that. Love is what held him on that cross. He did it for you and he did it for me. So ask God, what can you do for him right now? What can you do for him today or tonight? Just ask him. And I'm, I'm, I just know that he's going to blow your mind. And it's an opportunity to love him back. Amen. You all be blessed. Continue to take down those giants. We'll be before you again real soon. Shalom.